with Chase Allen right now. I'm on with Chase Allen right now. He's reading The Signs of Getting Rich, section on gratitude. I'll be reading chapter 8. All you get really comes to you because of that. Do not rage against corrupt politicians. If it were not for politicians, we should fall into anarchy. Your opportunity would be greatly lessened. God has worked a long time and very patiently to bring us to where we are in industry and government. And he is going right on with his work. There's not the least doubt that he will do away with plutocrats, trust magnates, captains of industry, and politicians as soon as they can be spared. But in the meantime, behold, they are all very good. Remember that they are all helping to arrange the lines of transmission along with which, along which your riches will come to you, and be grateful to them all. This will bring you into harmonious relations with the good in everything, and the good in everything will move toward you. End chapter 7. Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. <clears throat> Chapter that's seven. That's a good one. That's a good one. What, what, were, what came to you as as I was reading? I just really appreciate the idea of not railing against, you know, plutocrats, the government magnates, and all that stuff like that. Because there's a lot of time wasted in doing that, and just like you know, the saying that says when you argue with a an idiot, there are two idiots, and <laughs> Sometimes people tell me that, you know, there's some folks in other places that say, oh, you're afraid because you're a pseudo intellectual and you can't, you know, hold your own with me and all this other stuff like that. And it's just I don't make time for it because it's it's nonsense. So and gratitude always keeps me towards and on the things that are important. And that's that's what's really what I'm really grateful for. And I, I do notice Oh, it is like being in closer connection with God in the sense that, you know, gratitude is like um, putting yourself, like if you were a piece of iron and God is a fire, the gratitude is like putting the iron in the fire. You won't necessarily be God itself, but the iron can become red hot and glow in as hot as the fire is. And so that that right there is uh, is one of the things that it helps. It helps to keep you focused on the things that are important. Absolutely, I, I think that without gratitude, you lose you lose track of of how you got where you are and how to get where you're going. Oh, yeah. You might you might fall into poo pooing on on like he said, the magnates that made it possible or the, the politicians, you know, you, your focus shifts yeah. rather than, than, you know, look at what somebody's taking from you. You can look at what somebody's giving to you because there's two sides of the coin. The politicians, though, they got two sides to cater to because they all serve both sides. And so to, to completely demonize one and, and not recognize the good that they're bringing to the table is is faulty it's a fantasy that that you know someone is 100 percent one thing which even on our worst days we're not all bad and on our best days we're not all good there's a book um by joseph murphy called how to attract money and in it he mentions that if someone were to make a living or make their riches um 
even if they if they were to falter and lose it all, you know, you you wouldn't be very far from them if if you started condemning them and saying, "Ha ha, see, that's what happens, whatnot." Um, my girlfriend pointed out to me once that you you shouldn't really knock on someone for how they made their money, regardless of how corrupt or how what you you never know what what was going on behind the scenes. But if you're poo pooing on one or the other, whether it's by good or by evil that the that the thing is being made, you're missing the opportunity to be grateful for what, what is it that it's given you a chance to do. And to to um, piggyback on that, uh, Esther and Jerry Hicks, who wrote the, a book called The Law of Attraction, and as well was were at the beginning of the the book, The Secret and the the um, video that accompanied that talked about how when you focus on the things that are negative or even like you said, focusing on the negative way that somebody made their money, you're focusing on bringing more of that into your reality because then that's all you start to see. And so it's um, it, it, in, in that way, it, it just it continues this, this cycle that's unnecessary. So. Yeah, great chapter, and uh, mm-hmm. chapter eight is uh, thinking in a certain way. I'm really excited about that chapter. So, um, if you have anything else to say, uh, let me know, or else I'll just go ahead and proceed with chapter eight, and we'll, we'll move on. Yeah, go for it, brother. I'm all ears. Awesome. So, chapter eight, and there are eight people in on Colin here now. And uh, eight also, for those of you who are uh, into numerology at all, eight is also the number of um, power, money, and fame in, in numerology. According to Jerry Bauer, who published the book uh, Numerology for Beginners, which I don't know why it has that name, because I've, in the 20 years or so, however long I've had that book, um, it's definitely not a beginner's book. Hello, Zach over there on uh, call-in. And hello to Sebastian. Now there's nine here. Noble Ron, hello. Thanks for the uh, the emoji sending up. Sheila Luciano, Andrew Johnson, Lois Hampton. Lois Hampson, sorry. How you doing, Lois? Anthony Thomas, what's up, Tony? And Wandering Fool, Cicely Marie Goose is here. And Roy, thanks for passing by or sitting a spell. And uh, I'm going to get on with uh, chapter eight here. Um, thinking in the certain way. Turn back to chapter 6 and read again the story of the man who formed a mental image of his house, and you will get a fair idea of the initial step toward getting rich. You must form a clear and definite mental picture of what you want. You cannot transmit an idea unless you have it yourself. You must have it before you can give it. And many people fail to impress thinking substance because they have themselves only a vague and misty concept of the things they want to do, to have, or to become. It is not enough that you should have a general desire for wealth, quote, to do good with, end quote, Everybody has that desire. It is not enough that you should 
have a wish to travel, to see things, live more, etc. Everybody has those desires also. If you were going to send a wireless message to a friend, you would not send the letters of the alphabet in their order and let him construct the message for himself, nor would you take the words at random from the dictionary. You would send a coherent sentence, one which meant something. When you try to impress your wants upon substance, remember that it must be done by a coherent statement. You must know what you want and be definite. You can never get rich or start the creative power into action by sending out unformed longings and vague desires. Go over your desires just as the man I have described went over his house. See just what you want and get a clear mental picture of it as you wish it to look when you get it. That clear mental picture you must have continually in mind as the sailor has in mind the port toward which he is sailing the ship. You must keep your face toward it all the time. You must no more lose sight of it than the steersman loses sight of the compass. It is not necessary to take exercises in concentration, nor to set apart special times for prayer and affirmation, nor to, quote, go into the silence, end quote, nor to do occult stunts of any kind. There, these things are well enough, but all you need to know, all you need is to know what you want and to want it badly enough so that it will stay in your thoughts. Spend as much of your leisure time as you can in contemplating your picture, but no one needs to take exercises to concentrate his mind on a thing which he really wants. It is the things you do not really care about which require effort to fix your attention upon them. And unless you really want to get rich so that the desire is strong enough to hold your thoughts directed to the purpose as the magnetic pole holds the needle of the compass, it will hardly be worthwhile for you to try to carry out the instructions given in this book. The methods herein set forth are for people whose desire for riches is strong enough to overcome mental laziness and the love of ease and make them work. The more clear and definite you make your picture then, and the more you dwell upon it, bringing out all its delightful details, the stronger your desire will be. And the stronger your desire, the easier it will be to hold your mind fixed upon the picture of what you want. Something more is necessary, however, than merely to see the picture clearly. If that is all you do, you are only a dreamer and will have little or no power for accomplishment. Behind your clear vision must be the purpose to realize it, to bring it out in tangible expression. And behind this purpose must be an invincible and unwavering faith that the thing is already yours, that it is at hand, and you have only to take possession of it. Live in the new house mentally until it takes form around you physically. In the mental realm, 
enter at once into full enjoyment of the things you want. Whatsoever things ye ask for when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them, said Jesus. See the things you want, as if they were actually around you all the time. See yourself as owning and using them. Make use of them in imagination, just as you will use them when they are your tangible possessions. Dwell upon your mental picture until it is clear and distinct, and then take the mental attitude of ownership toward everything in that picture. Take possession of it in mind, in the full faith that it is actually yours. Hold to this mental ownership. Do not waver for an instant in the faith that it is real. And remember what was said in a preceding chapter about gratitude. Be as thankful for it all the time as you expect to be when it has taken form. The man who can sincerely thank God for the things which, as yet he owns only in imagination, has real faith. He will get rich because, or he will get rich, he will cause the creation of whatsoever he wants. You do not need to pray repeatedly for things you want. It is not necessary to tell God about it every day. Use not vain repetitions as the heathen do said Jesus. Jesus said to his pupils, For your father knoweth that ye have need of these things before ye ask him. Your part is to intelligently formulate your desire for the things which make for a larger life, and to get these desires arranged into a coherent whole, and then to impress this whole desire upon the formless substance, which has the power and the will to bring you what you want. You do not make this impression by repeating strings of words. You make it by holding the vision with unshakable purpose to attain it, and with steadfast faith that you do attain it. The answer to prayer is not according to your faith while you are talking, but according to your faith while you are working. You cannot impress the mind of God by having a special Sabbath day set apart to tell Him what you want and the forgetting Him during the rest of the week. You cannot impress Him by having special hours to go into your closet and pray if you then dismiss the matter from your mind until the hour of prayer comes again. Oral prayer is well enough and has its effect, especially upon yourself in clarifying your vision and strengthening your faith but it is not your oral petitions which get you what you want. In order to get rich, you do not need a sweet hour of prayer. You need to pray without ceasing. And by prayer, I mean holding steadily to your vision with the purpose to cause its creation into solid form and the faith that you are doing so. Believe that ye receive them. The whole matter turns on receiving, once you have clearly formed your vision. When you have formed it, it is well to make an oral statement addressing the Supreme in reverent prayer. And from that moment, you must, in mind, receive what you ask for. Live in the new house. Wear the fine clothes. Ride in the automobile. Go on the journey. 
and confidently plan for greater journeys. Think and speak of all the things you have asked for in terms of actual present ownership. Imagine an environment and a financial condition exactly as you want them and live all the time in that imaginary environment and financial condition. Mind, however, that you do not do this as a mere dreamer and castle builder. Hold to the faith that the imaginary is being realized and to the purpose to realize it. Remember that it is faith and purpose in the use of the imagination which make the difference between the scientist and the dreamer. And having learned this fact, it is here that you must learn the proper use of the will. End chapter eight. Man, that's good. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. I love how he's he talks about constant prayer. It's it's a mindset. You, you don't need to just think it once and then deal with everything else. You got to go back to that thought. That that it's you know having a bearing and sailing. We we call it, it maintain your bearing. Something that was passed around in the Marine Corps, meaning you know if somebody laughs, don't laugh. Somebody makes a makes a negative remark, just hold your bearing, maintain your, your demeanor. And in in sailing on a vessel, bearing is is your compass heading. It's where you're going. And if you if you don't know what that is, or you're not constantly referring to it, you're going to go where the waves take you. You're going to go where the wind shifts. You're going to go where the, the you know everything's moving. So even even a, a land bearing doesn't quite make it happen because um, as you go up the coast or down the coast you're, you're having to readjust but oh man there's so much goodness in this chapter to to summate it that's uh yeah that's beautiful you got to maintain that mindset it doesn't it doesn't serve you if you you think about it once and then forget it you got to drill it into yourself it's got to be he said, in constant prayer. I love that. I love that a lot. Well, you so know, much love of it. You, you know, it's interesting. He says, you don't have to go into a, you know, into a, the closet and pray or, you know, find, have a special Sabbath day for it and don't, and not have vain repetitions, you know, as the heathen do, as he said, like that Jesus said, that you don't have to force yourself to continually think about something that you actually really desire. So it's interesting to maybe consider, right? Is it a true desire that you have to have more out of life and to realize that one of the ways, the primary way that he's talking about here to get more out of life is by making yourself rich. And that if you, if that's what you really want, you don't have to force yourself. You don't have to do occult stunts, as he says, right? It's, you don't have to, you know, light candles and incense and sage and even do tarot or numerology or any of those things. You don't have to do those occult stunts to try to force yourself to think about something that you actually really want. And that's something I really do know because the reason why I get up and work so much on what I'm doing and see, I notice I, I use the word work so much, not work so hard necessarily. I do a lot of work and it's, it's much work, but it's not hard work to me because as the saying goes, you know, when you do what you love, you never work a day in your life or 
you know, do what you love and the money will follow because of that, because I'm so engaged in things that I really love doing. It doesn't feel like work and I don't have to force myself. I wake up thinking about what I want and the attainment of my goals. I dream about it. I have dreams about it. And I go and I, I'm, that's what I'm thinking about all day long, nonstop. And it's not tiring me. It doesn't fatigue me. It doesn't make me worry about it. And, you know, what do you, what do you think about, um, also, he says that the whole, uh, the whole part about the doing things in a certain way lies in the receiving when he says that you should live in the house, wear the fine clothes, drive the automobile, go on the journey, and then more journeys, right? That right there. I mean, I have so many examples of that, that have made their appearance because of focusing on it. And, you know, even neurologically, we could talk about the, the, um, reticular activating system and because because he mentions taking ownership and I've often related and equated part of what the reticular activating system in the brain does when you take possession of something already tangibly and he's talking about an imagination feel those emotions and feel the same gratitude that you would have when you have those things and you know I actually created a, a program for that um, on uh, hypnoathletics.com, which is something called like spiraling upward. And part of that was really having that feeling of gratitude as if you already had it. Just like how kids in, in use their imagination, children, when they're really excited, when they're, when, they're, when they're playing games in their mind with their imaginary friends and they're just really living at it, in it as if it's really happening. You know, they're so in it. And, and also in my lucid dream states, when I'm in there, I'm so grateful and so happy to be exploring these new worlds and these new environments and meeting these new people or having these new experiences that it's, it's as if. I, I don't know how else to explain it, but it's having that same feeling that you would when you have the thing, you know, and even just little things in my life, like getting my car when I got it, it was because I was so focused and determined on it. There was an incident that happened the day before and I made up my mind so clearly that I had to have it in order to, to move forward. And it also happened before, same thing with another car that I bought when I was in Florida with floor. And I just remember I got up and got on a bus and found a car dealership and walked in there and just, I just made it happen because I could see it. I knew it. It needed to be done. And I lived in it. And I saw it. And I have so many examples I could go on and on about that I'll share later. But again, I did ask you a question, though. And the question was, what did you think about that idea of the whole matter lies in the receiving of it, in the imagination, living in the house, wearing the clothes, driving the automobile, going on the journey? You got to walk that walk. Talking's good, thinking's good, wondering's great, getting opinions is awesome, but you, you got to taste it for yourself. If I say I, I want a 100-foot boat, and next thing I know, I'm, I'm somehow into a 13-foot boat, and and I, I get a 40-foot boat later, then 
you, you start tasting it, you start realizing it's oh it's this isn't that hard. They say the the hardest thing is is making your first million. Second million is easy. <laughs> it's the blueprint. It's the it's the mentality. It's the getting into a a state of of something rather than just sensing it. You know you can <clears throat> you can compound all that and 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 create a way of it. Um, there's been many occasion in my life where. I, I would want something and everything in the universe started started pushing me that way. When when I met you in China, I had uh, undergone I, I said I said uh downsize to upgrade. I went through it from a three bedroom town home um in in uh, northern San Diego County to a three bedroom town home in, in southern San Diego County to a, a friend's uh, a bedroom I was renting, and then to his couch, then to a hammock on the oh porch, to an airplane with two that backpacks hit, and an instrument, one-way ticket to Hangzhou, China. And then I, I settled down, got myself an apartment out there. It's, it's, it's it, if you have it in the back of your mind or at the forefront of your consciousness that everything I do is going to get me to this thing, just keep adding to it. You want to build wealth. You want to leave a legacy. Everything you do, you just cater it that way. I recently heard Cody Sanchez on YouTube do a, a spiel video with uh, where she hired a business coach, paid him one hundred twenty thousand dollars, and juiced him for all the information, and then shot it out in a video. One of the things was you, you consider your sacrifices greater than your goals. In other words, look. Put more value on what you're willing to do to get the thing than the thing itself. Um, I I think there's something to be said about making goals. That's it, it's kind of ephemeral, and it, you know you, you say it. Oh, it's it's great. Sounds good. It pleases people. But then, but then you don't really focus on what it's going to take to get there, or you think, oh, you well, I need to do this, this, and this, and I can't do this, can't do that. But keeping it in mind that what you want is is I, maybe that's step one that that just needs to be ingrained with. Hey, it's out there. I can get it. I'm grateful for everything in the way and on the way to it. And I'm going to just keep pushing. Recently, I told myself I'm going to make fifteen thousand dollars in savings by the end of this year. And. I sat down with my budget and really looked at everything that I knew that I was spending and things that I could live without. And lo and behold, I cut out with the first time I did it, I cut out $300 worth of extras. Um, got rid of my YouTube, my Spotify. I, I had a storage unit that I cleared out and, and just relocated those things somewhere where I was saving out that money. And um, a lot of it's just background noise. Like, are we really like, is it, is it all necessary? So if you have a goal, everything that's current in your life can, can help you get there. And it starts yeah. with thought. It starts with just being present. Yeah. Christopher Birkenbein just sent a message. Goals are singular events. Don't make goals form habits that will take you there and beyond. Yeah. Habits. Um, Amen. And I, I agree with those those habit forming things, and because your your thoughts 
words, actions, and those actions become your habits. And there was something that occurred to me. So many things that, um, so for example, in, um, I had a friend that needed help. And so I was in Richmond at the time and I had to drive all the way back down to Virginia beach to help her out. And I thought that she was going to be staying with me for a while. And I was used to just being by myself and I had cut out a lot of things in my expenses, just like as you were talking about um, how you looked at your budget. And I have a book that I write down, you know, sort of like a ledger where I write down all the things that I'm spending on. And when I was doing that every day, as I'm doing that every day, <clears throat> I began to see all the, the excess and was able to cut it out. And then all of a sudden, one, my saving rate just increased. Like I was just, throwing money into my savings so easily without having to touch it at all. And then on top of that, in, in one week of thinking that I had to find a new way to help her out, I doubled my, I found a way to double my income, really just found the energy or just the, just decided I'd do this. I doubled my daily income. And then in just a day or two after that, tripled it. So I tripled my daily income in a matter of a week because of just having a new habit form from the goals that I had. And, you know, then eventually I realized very quickly, I said to myself, well, you know, I'm not doing her any favors, especially because of the fact that she was just sleeping all day and talking about how th this and that, and it was, it was excuses. And so the moment I said, you know, what are you doing? I, I, I basically talked to her about it. And in the same exact day, she got her stuff together, was able to go get her car back and get her stuff figured out to where I didn't have to be constantly there all the time taking care of her. And so not only did I find a way to triple how much money I was making because I earned money daily, but then was also able to cut out having to pour that income into somebody else. So I really came up and then stopped the expenses that, I mean, it was just, it was amazing, but the, the habits were already there. I just needed to act on them. And that's what made the big difference. Yeah. And then those little things that add up, uh, recently in, in that budget cut that I was, that I was, uh, my second phase of it was like, well, how, uh, how much does my ego play into my, my spendings? And so I looked at all the things that were kind of sort of unnecessary, like aesthetic things, uh, haircuts, car washes, um, new shoes, clothes, etc. And so I went from getting a haircut every other week to every three weeks and, uh, slightly less I, I know my hairdresser and so we've been friends for 10 plus years and so i throw her some some i'd send her a zell money um every time i get a haircut and and originally i'd, I'd sent more than than was asked and so I, I went back to the original negotiation and then did haircut every three weeks and just asked her to cut it just a little bit shorter that way it lasts just a little bit longer um, I've had all kinds of hair, long hair, medium hair, short hair, no hair. Um, so it's one of those things that, you know, you play around with and you, you 
save a penny here, save a penny there. Um, the car washes. I, I realized that every time I go to this self-wash thing, it's it costs me $14, and I think they clock me at 10 minutes, and I'm doing all the work. Well, I found this this place that my – and I usually do it about once a week. And my girlfriend gets her gets a subscription for $26 a month. She gets her car wash. It runs it through this automatic thing, and, and it, it does a great job. And then afterwards, you pull over. They wipe down the majority of it. Um, you get to use the vacuum, the air hose, the um, – and just a little little station where you can do your work. That's twenty six bucks a month, you know. And I'm sitting here paying fifty two ish, so I can cut that in half and and get half the process done for me. Granted, these stations are are uh, not in my neighborhood, so but I come down here every weekend anyway. So there's that. Um, yeah, these things these things totally add up. Lately, I'm looking at my phone plans. I'm wondering what is it that I. I it's one of those ego spends as well because typically I'll get the most plan that they offer. So I'm with T-Mobile and I get unlimited everything, this, that, and the other. And and then I looked at my data and I'm using below average, but I, I have enough to, to cover like four people. And so we're looking at how do we how do we put our plans together so that with our three lines total i have one for my phone she one for hers and then uh the ipad my ipad has a cell signal so where where can we save that the whole mindset there is wealth mastery how you do some things is how you do most things if you can't cut the corners or not even cut the corners if you can't cut out the the little spendings then it's going to be hard to to well, there is no big spending if you can't have, save a little here, save a little there. Another hack I do is that when my girlfriend and I, we, we decide we want to go out to eat or, or grab an ice cream or, or a tea or something, we'll, we'll sit there and talk about it. And, and sometimes we'll sit there and talk ourselves out of it. So what I'll do is I'll make a note to drop that amount of money into my savings account. I have a few different savings accounts. One of them is for the times that we talk ourselves out of eating out. And then we end up cooking at home and savings in the bank. So it's a double feel good. And I'm grateful that I, I can recognize that this is necessary. This is not necessary. So, you know, food is food. I, I'm sorry, all you foodies are going to butcher me. But to me, food is food. It's not a very high value thing for me. So it's not a priority to um, have the novel experience, to have the, the, the high quality sauce or whatnot. I it's food. But when it comes to adventure, I don't skimp on my gear. When it, Especially when it comes to life and death things like motorcycles and sailboat rigging or, or life jackets, um, camping gear where it's a matter of being miserable and wet, cold and hungry or, or dry, satisfied and, and warm. So it's, it's the little things. It's the little things. Have a few high quality items and then the rest, you know, what, what are the sacrifices that you're making? Just like Christopher mentioned, it's it's the uh, it's the habit that's the key. It's it's hard to build a habit. It's easy to do one thing. Oh yeah, I I like what you said about some of the things were ego spending, and a really good book I've been reading, The Psychology of Money, talks about how people spend money to show off the wealth that they have, um, when it's really not wealth that they're showing. What they're showing is maybe maybe in some cases, riches, 
but wealth status. is yeah status but wealth is the money and the the money that you that you don't spend the assets that you that go un, unused because you've decided that you have a future use for it that is more important goes along with delayed gratification you know yeah and and here's this in our modern day society anybody and everybody can get whatever they want I can go get the brand new Mercedes-Benz E whatever electronic next year's model. Just take a loan. Yeah. Nobody will know the better when you're driving down the street that you own it or you don't own it. Right. Now, when you get into high class the capital investments or, or firms where, where you're doing multi-million dollar deals, like, yeah, somebody's going to suss you out and see if the car's registered to you, see if you if you own your house. Um, that's just to say, you know, the ego spending, like anybody can do it. So all that flash, it it's like it's like talk. Oh yeah, it's it's silent communication. You're you're signaling. Um, granted, when you pull up to that real estate deal, and you hop out of a 1990 something something Camry where you're rolling the windows down, you're gonna get received a little bit differently than you pull <laughs> up in, in last year's Range Rover that you know you're not thinking twice about because it's it's already off your list not to bash on on 90s camrys but right. i had a situation recently this guy wanted me to come in and create systems for his his um he he had a construction company that he wanted to revamp under new management and, and wanted some systems done to it pretty much a, a business engineering or whatnot, streamline the thing, make it scale it. He wanted me to scale it, do sales and project management for it. And the first meeting we had, he pulls up in a, in a next year's Escalade. And, and I'm thinking, okay, so, okay. So he's got a nice car. Um, he's not hopping out in rags. And then a couple of meetings later where we had to go to an actual client's home and we walk by the whole parking lot and I'm thinking, yeah, I don't see that escalator. I wonder if he, you know, it's pretty smart parking it way out here so that, so nobody scratches it or something like that. And, uh, he, he shows up to this mid 1990s, like old Corolla roll down the window status carpet in there. Damn it. <laughs> I didn't say anything. We could, we, we should have taken my car, but it just goes to show you that, you know, don't be impressed by the, by the flashy things. Cause anybody can get them. That ego spending's big. You That's know, like I, a, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, you know, the new iPhones, uh, just about to come out in, in like a, a few days. Yeah. Um, and, and it took me a couple of times of checking out the site, really diving into specs and videos to, to decide that, my 13 Pro Max is just fine. Now, I, I do have a media company and I do shoot footage. Um, it's not my priority right now, but come time to need something like that, then sure, my phone's paid off. I've I've great experience with it, and but it doesn't shoot 48 megapixel photos. Now it, it'll do it'll do its 12 or whatever, but I don't need 48 megapixel photos right now. So I, I caught myself jonesing before mm. the, the big Apple event. Yeah. And I thought to myself, I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, it'd be nice to have it. I'd love to experience the dynamic island or the the 48, whatever. But do I need it? 
no, especially since my vow to myself recently was like, hey, I'm, I'm going to have 15K in my savings account by the end of this year. And I'm halfway there. My goal is to save and, and master my wealth building process, not to sit there and spend on the next shiny thing that comes out because they're going to keep getting shinier and they're going to keep getting new and they're going to be faster. What do you need it for? Get what you need. That reminds me of just efficiency as well as being more efficient. And there's there's absolutely everything okay with being efficient. And also the thing about the guy showing up in that car was one of the first stories in the book, The Psychology of Money, about how the author, Morgan Housel, he was a valet at one time in Los Angeles. And a guy would show up in his brand new Porsche Mercedes. I forget what it was. And then one day he started showing up in an older car. And it was because, you know, it got repoed. And he, but the guy didn't even, you know, he said it so nonchalantly. He's like, yeah, I just, you know, I couldn't keep up the payments anymore. And so I got this thing. And again, it's that whole keeping up the Joneses, that wanting to show off that flash and everything like that. And yeah. it, it's, um, it's interesting because people use fashion in that way. And that's actually one of the old uh older uses of the word fashion at least in 1776 when adam smith wrote the wealth of nations that people who were wealthier he said he described them as people the people in fashion as opposed to the to the poor and so this to me seems like it has crossed over today people and that's exactly what it is people are wearing certain things and buying certain things to have the appearance of having and being more that that fallacy or that fake it till you make it thing where they want to show that they have something more by buying an Armani suit or something like that when really that that was something that they they maybe should not have for their own personal budget done but they did it to impress outwardly and really the other thing he talks about in the book is how um, wealth is invisible and that is the things that you don't see and uh, Christopher says, also helps to choose your passion. My boss owns several small aircraft, but drives a 1990 Subaru. Right. I mean, exactly. Choosing your passion. Just like how you were saying, you don't skimp on your your gear for your boat, right? The life jackets and things like that. And I know yeah. this very well, too. Like, for example, I, I physically write. I still practice penmanship. I write in journals. And so I, I buy cross pens that like the cheapest ones are like 20 bucks, but they have a lifetime warranty. I buy two me backpacks that cost like $400. But the, the first one that I ever got in the year 2000 was a gift to me from a, an, an event that I did called Ariba Live Miami 2000, where I was working the audio video. And it was one of the tchotchkes, the things that were given out to people. There was a, it was a laptop bag, but I still have it to this day. That's just 23 years later. But I had realized by around 2013 that when i still had it for 13 years that this was a quality product and so i bought one of them then i bought another one for for floor and then i bought a third one that we could share and i still have them and um you know and just different things like that because i'm i i, I put books in my backpack so on and so forth so the things that you know i choose my passion you know i i spent i spend a lot of money on books but there, but I don't spend a lot of money on clothes. But the clothes that I do buy, I buy them from a tactical place 
that they also last a really long time. And plus I'm monochromatic anyway, so you know, I'm wearing all black. But yeah, Christopher, you're right about choosing your passion. This guy owns several airplanes but drives a nineteen nineties Subaru. Yeah, it really reflects our value system. You know, what is it? What is it that you value? What do you talk about? What do you buy? What do you What do you keep referencing? What do you What do you notice in your environment? Dr. John Demartini is is big on on what he calls the values factor. He's really made a career out of helping people derive from their life and their experience what they're after, based on on you know what. What do you notice when you go to the mall? He, he alludes to this anecdote between a, 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 a wife who's, who takes pride in, in um, child rearing. That's her highest value. And, and her husband's the entrepreneur. And it could be any stereotype. It could be the you know, backwards even, you know, the, the business mogul wife and the, the house husband. The person rearing the children as their highest value, they were noticing the things at the mall like, strollers kids clothes toys things like that those just called out and they were real quick with it whereas the entrepreneur noticing technology noticing marketing noticing advertisements and things like that and um really been being able to draw up conversations with with others about about investments about the economy and things like that whereas the the child rear they're they're talking about healthcare tips and, and little home hacks and, and packing bags and things like that and you know which shoes last the longest so yeah take heed of what you value and, and really promote it having that vision to to fulfill that value that's going to be the money maker there I think a lot of people will get turned on when they start doing the things they like to do and, and there's that old saying that you're you you're typically good at what you like and you like what you're good at yeah going on to play with those values uh you know i caught myself then today because when you called me earlier i was at the car dealership and the car that i saw was um it was a new 2023 toyota prius and it was a it was a hybrid and it had 52 miles a gallon like both highway and uh street but i was more into it because of the way it looked and i sent you pictures in a text message Nice car as it is, but it was a little bit small for what I do. And I actually talked myself out of it and went for a less expensive car, but it was also really nice. And it was just as big as the one and, and roomy as the one that I have now, which is a, I have a 2014 Toyota Camry XLE. And the one that I decided on instead was $6,000 cheaper, but also just a badass car. It was a, it was a, a Toyota um, Corolla SE, a sport sport model, but it it was exactly the same features as the the Prius, less expensive, more room, but had all the same badass features and all that. I still didn't get it yet, but while I was there, I'm glad that I spent so much time. So I kind I actually kind of talked myself out of doing that because of the the requirements that I have for for driving around as much as I do. And going into different cities and spending a week here and there and stuff like that. Because travel, that's one of my passions. That's one of the things I absolutely must do for my mental health. To be in different places, to meet new people, to, to see new things. And, you know, that's actually one of the ways that we met. We, we met in China, yeah. traveling, one of our passions. Yeah. Yeah. And, and 
true to your values. You know, you, you, you mentioned the 52 miles per gallon of the Prius. What's the Corolla get? Um, 34. It's not anywhere near. There you go. So yeah, it's, it's, it's 40% less, but that just shows that your value, you value opportunity and adventure more than you, more than you do that, uh, that extra of being able to have more cargo and, and room when you have passengers is obviously more important than than you know, having the newest, shiniest, and gas efficientiest. <laughs> and and you know what also <laughs> is that you and, and I, don't, I wouldn't even say you taught yeah. yourself out of it. I would think you found balance in it. Right. But but also because of the car that I'm driving now is older, the most I've ever been able to get out of this is about 30 miles per gallon. And with the newer car, of course, because it's newer and all of that stuff like that, it gets 34, but you know, you can squeeze a little bit more out of it. So it'll still be more efficient. I'll still be saving money if I do decide to get it. Cause there's nothing, there's absolutely nothing wrong with the car I'm driving now. <laughs> you know, it's just, I went in there for service this morning at seven o'clock and then I started walking around the lot waiting for my brother, who's the car sales, one of the car salesmen there to get there. And then I saw that car and I just thought, wow, that's, that thing's amazing. But, you know, I'm glad that it took time to get approved and all this other stuff like that. And I actually got, um, like a 15, like almost a $16,000 loan, $15,700 loan from, uh, Navy federal to be able to use, on the car, but I just, I still pumped the brakes. I was like, okay, they're like, congratulations, you're approved. You have to, all parties have to fill out the paperwork, blah, blah, blah. But I just stopped. And I said to my brother and all the other circumstances, I'm gonna go tomorrow or Wednesday, but then I, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, I, may, I may not, I may not get it, I, we'll see, you know, but um, yeah, it's, uh, but all in all, um, wrapping this up we covered gratitude and and doing things in a certain way in chapter seven and chapter eight of the science of getting rich and they were really great chapters on gratitude and also holding the vision to your mind and and uh, being in in your imagination constantly be, not because you have to force yourself to or do any occult stunts and tricks but because you don't have to force yourself to keep your mind focused on things that you really want that's right that's right and if you can appreciate it, you can be grateful for it, and then you'll stay lovely. Yeah, man. And Chase, I do want to say something. I am grateful for you, brother. I'm grateful that we met in China and that we spent a couple of years becoming friends out there and playing capoeira and that we've been able to connect uh, back here in the in the States. Likewise, man. It's 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 always good talking. It's it's yeah, I, I love those kind of relationships, those friendships where you can go a few years without speaking a word and then just pick up like it was yesterday. We're sitting there sharing, sharing boba teas and yogurts at the, at the local place. <laughs> the family it's a good mart. Deal, man. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Even that last place where you busted out the, the there were some some tile cards or tarot or something. Viking oh, or what ruin card? Ruin something? The runes, the Viking um, runes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there were like shaved coconut ice and stuff. <laughs> yeah, man. It's a good memories. I'm grateful for you too, brother. Yeah, man. Big love, man. You. Yes. Catch you on the next one. All right, brother. Much love.
That is fantastic. I really do appreciate my brother, Chase Allen, and uh, we had good times in China and continuing beyond. And you, this is what we've, you know, our vibrations started to match up again. You know, he was zigging, I was zagging. We kept in touch sparingly over time since we've both been back in the States. And, you know, one day I was talking to some guys about boats and he popped into my mind because, you know, he's definitely, you know, he, he has a boat himself. He, he is a dock master and amongst other things. Um, and that's, that's one of his passions. And the very next day he sends me a message and says, hey, we got to reconnect. And I was very glad to do so. And that just because we're vibing on the same level, you know, he was saying about certain things about that he wanted to change in his life. And I could understand clearly what he was saying um, because of the fact that um, I had been there myself with those same thoughts, that same similar frustration, if you will, of, you know, wanting to see those changes happen and, and thinking, you know, I've got to do something more, that urge, just like in, in the science of getting rich, um, how the little boy, you know, wanted to play the piano. And uh, that desire is the urge for more within you. You wouldn't have that urge or that you wouldn't have the urge for the talent or the doing of the thing if it really wasn't some kind of passion of yours that you, um, that you really possessed. So, um, and, and here we are with uh, episode four of Literally Rich with Chase Allen and Hakeem Alexander. And uh, it's, been, it's been a great honor and my pleasure to present this uh, with Chase because um, he's just one of the best people that I know. And I'm glad to continue this journey. So you have been listening to Literally Rich with Chase Allen and Hakeem Alibokas Alexander here on Spreaker, Social Podcasting, Wisdom, Social Audio Inc., and Colin, Social Podcasting, presented for World Reading Club in association with ExercisingYourMind.com and Uniquilibrium. Thank you all for spending some time with us or passing through Kimberly Carter, Greg's Take, Andrew Johnson, Miguel Lebron, Mojo, Courtney Krauss, Tony, what's up, Anthony Thomas, Levi, uh, John Batesel Jr., Yolanda Taylor, Sophia Cannon, Her Majesty Abby, Mr. Christopher Birkenbein, who, again, I have to say, I had the pleasure of meeting in Newport News and when he was over here doing, working as a project manor, manager at Langley. With, he's with Nassau. Um, I love scientists. I'm a big fan. John Bush, Sheila Luciano, Maisha, Noble Ron. What's up, my brother? Uh, Sebastian, Sebastian Jean Undefined, Lois Hampson, uh, Chase, brother, always good. My pleasure. Wandering Fool, Cicely Marie Goose. Glad to got, have you guys passing through or sitting a spell. Literally Rich, episode four with Chase Allen and Hakeem Alexander. This is, we read chapters seven and eight and had a little discussion. And we'll catch you on the next wave. Stay well.
Woot, woot, ka